and then, here and there, and always at sexpotcomedy.com. Next storyteller. Next storyteller. Next storyteller. Story Welcome to the Narrators Podcast. This podcast collects stories that were told at the Narrators, a monthly storytelling event that features people telling true stories based on a theme. The show takes place on the third Wednesday of every month at the Buntport Theater in Denver, Colorado. Hey there, it's Ron Doyle. Quick reminder at the top of the episode, our next live show in Denver is on August 19th. And it's going to be a special comedian-only event in honor of High Plains Comedy Festival. And the narrator San Diego is debuting on September 8th at Tiger Tiger Tavern. Please check narrators.org for more details. I think I'm going to skip the long overthought intro this week and just get right into it. Aaron Urist is a stand-up comedian from Denver, Colorado. He's the co-host of Crush City, a monthly showcase at the Savoy, and he will be appearing at the High Plains Comedy Festival later this month. Being in his presence is like finding a $20 bill in your jacket on the first cold day of autumn again and again and again. Aaron's story was recorded live on May 20th, 2015 at Buntport Theater in Denver, Colorado. The theme of the evening was Nature versus Nurture. Um, how many people in here grew up religious? Anybody? Yeah few people it's okay it's okay he's not real you can raise your hand uh, I, uh, I'm sorry if I'm the first person to say that and if you disagree with me just doesn't matter you'll go to heaven and I won't um, I, uh, I was raised Jewish I'm a Jewish person yeah woo. one very very tiny sound of approval <laughs> from over there um, I was raised Jew- I was raised conservative Jewish, uh, and if you're wondering what that means, conservative Jewish is like, it's, a, it's an intellectual culture. Uh, conservative Jews raise their children to understand that it's very important uh, to be successful in life, and to do that, you need to read and study books, as opposed to Orthodox people who teach their children that it's very important to be successful in life, and in order to do that, you need to read and study book. Uh, it's pretty much the difference. And then there's Reformed Jews who sit around all day and draw pictures of what they think God looks like. <laughs> um, they don't. They don't really count. Um, and I went to uh, I went to Jewish school for pretty much my entire life. Uh, not my entire life. I've been out of school for a long time. That doesn't make any sense for uh, all of my life as a child. Uh, my childhood, that's what it's called. Child life. What's the name of it? What's the thing where you're not an adult, uh, but you're still alive? What's that called? <laughs> um, <laughs> my childhood. I went to uh, a Jewish school, which was pretty cool. It was just like any other school. For the most part, we learned Hebrew and stuff, but we learned other stuff too. And that was my elementary school. And then uh, that was in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where I'm from, obviously. I went to school where I'm from. Jesus. Um, <laughs> and uh, eventually, uh, when I became of age, I went to a Jewish middle school uh, in the suburbs of Detroit. It was called Hillel Day School, uh, which was a big transfer uh, for me. It was, a more, it was a more like rigorously Jewish environment. I think there was prayer 
every day before, like in the morning, in the afternoon, all the time. Uh, you had to wear a yarmulke all of the time. That was uh, that was different for me. You didn't have to do that at my elementary school, but at middle school, you had to wear a yarmulke, a kippah, little Jew hat for the goyim in the room. Uh, Adorable little hat that they insist on wearing. Um, and we would wear that all of the time. And uh, I hadn't really thought about like what it meant to be Jewish like as a person very much. It was just something that you had to do. It was just something that you had to do. I didn't really give a lot of analytical thought to it. Um, and then in seventh grade, things started to get a little bit different. In seventh grade, that's when uh, most of... Uh, the kids would be having your bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah if you're a lady, a girl. Um, and uh, <laughs> that was, uh, it was different because everything gets a lot more intense. You have a lot of like homework, Jew- Jewish homework to do. Now you have to learn all kinds of shit and you have to read it in front of your grandparents and it is not very much fun. Everybody told me that I was going to get money for my bar mitzvah. I was getting ready for it and they're like, you got to do all this stuff now. But it's okay, because you're going to get a bunch of money. I did not get any fucking money. At all. I got Borders gift cards. That's what I got. I got all gift cards for books. That's no one... That's the worst. I wanted cash money. I thought I was going to be... I thought I was going to be compensated. My lawyer told me that I would receive monetary compensation for my time which is uh, not how it went. And uh, so we did that. Seventh grade was happening. It was pretty cool. Uh, it wasn't pretty cool. I spent this whole time telling you that it sucked. Okay, anyway. Did I mention that I didn't write this before? Um, anyway. I, uh, in seventh grade, we had to take a class. Uh, it was a Holocaust class. A, ca- a class in to- totally devoted to learn- learning about the Holocaust, uh, which is a lot of fun. Um, Prior to that, like we, we, I knew about the Holocaust. Like I had a general background in the Holocaust. Uh, in elementary school, every year on Holocaust Remembrance Day, we would all get together and they would show us like a slideshow of pictures of emaciated bodies and stuff like that. And no one cared about that because after the slideshow, we all got Entenmann's donuts, which made it the best fucking day of the year. Like, the first part didn't matter, because after that, we all got to have donuts, which was pretty cool. Um, but in seventh grade, uh, after, it was after my bar mitzvah, I started taking this Holocaust class, and shit got real quick. That, is not a, that was not a fun class. And at one point, uh, the teacher of the class, who was this Brit- he was this British Jewish guy, I didn't know that that was a thing prior to middle school, it was like a new, it was like a new type of Jew that I encountered. Uh, and he brought up a good point. He said, uh, a lot of people wonder, uh, what kind of a God would do this to his own people? How could such a God be real? And everything after that I totally missed because that made a lot of sense to me. <laughs> I don't think he knew that he was converting me away from Judaism at the time. <laughs> but he was. And <laughs> I... Uh, I totally, I started to think about it. I was like, holy shit, none of this makes any fucking sense at all. This is all garbage. And, uh, and I stopped wearing the yarmulke after a while. I decided that I did, this was all, it was all made up, and I didn't believe in any of it, uh, and I stopped wearing the yarmulke. And that was a big problem at the school. Um, 
So I got called into the principal's office one day. I got in trouble for it. And she brought me in, and she sat me down, and she was like, uh, Aaron, why won't you wear the, uh, the, the yarmulke? Yeah, she was, uh, she was Woody Allen, uh, principal. You know how Charlie Brown's teachers all sounded, mine all sounded like Woody Allen all the time. That's what it sounded like to me. And uh, she said, why won't you wear the yarmulke? And I didn't know, I didn't want to tell her that it was because I didn't believe in God. That was, it was a whole thing for me. It was difficult to process for me, like especially right after your bar mitzvah is a really inconvenient time to decide that you don't believe in God. Like, imagine, imagine signing a lease on an apartment. And then, like, two days later, you find out that the apartment isn't fucking real at all. It's a made-up apartment. But now you have to live there for the rest of your life. And I'm in this lady's office, and she's like, why, why won't you wear the, the yarmulke? And I was like, because I don't believe in God. And she got mad at me. She, was, she said, yes, you do. <laughs> Which was crazy. Yes, you do. She didn't. It wasn't, and now, as an adult, I think that maybe, like, I didn't believe in God, but she did. So it wasn't so much her trying to make me believe in God as much as she was trying to convey to me that this is Old Testament God that we're talking about and he can hear you, you little motherfucker. He can hear you. He's going to lay waste to the school. It's going to be your fault. You're going to get turned into a pillar of salt, you little bastard. <laughs> I just, and I, uh, I eventually had to wear it again. They called my parents and stuff, and we agreed that I had to wear the yarmulke regardless of whether God was real or not. And then that was a whole different total bummer. Like, wearing a yarmulke every day that you don't believe in God, that's like wearing a t-shirt for a band that you hate every day. Just Ted Nugent t-shirt every single day of your life, and you hate Ted Nugent. Can't stand. Not only do you hate Ted Nugent, but like 99% of scientists have agreed that Ted Nugent doesn't even exist. <laughs> Not even a real guy. Not even a real band. And uh, anyway, so uh, that's my story about how I realized that God's not real, and uh, probably, you know, maybe not definitely, but uh, probably, okay, uh, final thought, probably no God. Okay, everybody, uh, thank you very much. Narrators is produced by Robert Rutherford, Aaron Rollman, Mary Robertson, and me, Ron Doyle. I produce and record the podcast with engineering assistance by Josh Johnson. And our founder and executive producer is Andrew Orvidal. The Narrators podcast is brought to you by these amazing sponsors. The great guys at Illegal Pete's and Greater Than Records, who in addition to providing rad burritos all over town, provide great local music and comedy. The next time you need a photographer, remember From the Hip Photo. You can learn more about their honest and unforgettable service at fromthehipphoto.com. Check out the appropriately named Sexy Pizza on their website, sexypizzaonline.com. And finally, by Breckenridge Brewery, making balanced, approachable, and interesting handcrafted beers in Colorado for over 25 years. Check them out at breckbrew.com. 
You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or on your favorite mobile podcatcher. For more information and to find past episodes, visit thenarrators.org. Thanks for listening.